This is the Danny Brett Show, a weekly look at Benedictine Cadets football on WSEG Savannah Hilton Head. Now, here's your host, Christian Gokel. Welcome into the Danny Brett Show right here on Sports Talk Savannah. Christian Gokel, glad to have you alongside us. We are celebrating another region title for your cadets. Eight out of the past 10 years, your cadets have won that region championship and they locked up another one this past Friday night as they took down Islands 49-3 to behind a strong performance from Zaquan Bryan. And to break it all down with us, the head football coach for your cadets, Danny Britt. And coach, I thought you summed it up well after the game where you said, listen, it's something to celebrate, but at the same time, this is not our goal. Yeah, definitely. And and I do want the, the kids to be able to enjoy uh, their success. And, and the, we, we, we won the region. And, uh, of course, it would you know feel pretty uh, empty if we don't win and, and, and beat New Hampshire this coming week. But um, but I do want them to be able to enjoy those moments and, and, and relish in them for just a minute. But I, that's definitely not our goal. We're not finished. We have a long way to go. Uh, you described the at least start of the game as lackadaisical for your team. I know Island's able to hit a big pass uh, down the sideline that gets them inside the five-yard line, but you guys – uh, able kind of just to bow your back a little bit and keep them out of the end zone. They have to settle for a field goal, which is their only points of the game, but still just a slow start, it felt like, for the team. Definitely it was. It was slow. It was, uh, you know, a sign of a little bit of immaturity, um, you know, because the way we tried to handle it, the way I tried to handle it as a coach last week, is, you know, I pretty much said, hey, we're going to win the game. You know, how are we going to do it? We play to a standard. We practice to a standard. Um, and we just didn't come out and do that immediately. And there's there's all kind of factors there. And I, and I don't want to take any away from Islands. They came out. Uh, a guy went to scramble, and uh, our young safety he started running up as we know you don't do, and he just dumped it right over his head. A great job by him of turning and chasing down the guy. He and Zaquan, and, and then we kept him out of the end zone from there. So. You know, there's some good things to, to certainly be seen there and, and, and be stated, but um, we just we've got to come out, be more mature, and just go physically do what we do every game, no matter who we're playing. Yeah, we talked about this last week. I mean, again, the, all the players have access to the internet and know what Island's record is, and they're friends with a lot of people uh, at that school, right? Where it's you, you know how, how bad things have gone this season, and they have the potential going into Friday to go winless on the year. It's it's almost impossible to get even uh, college players up for that, but for high school kids, I have to imagine that's quite a challenge. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's very hard, and that's why I try so hard to keep things the same week in and week out, and it doesn't matter who you're playing. We practice a certain way. We do things a certain way. We, you know, It doesn't matter other than just you, know, you have to scheme and you have to be able to look at the other team and make sure you're doing what's best against their scheme, offensively, defensively, special teams, but worry about us and how we do things. And it, it, But it's, it is hard. And, and then, you know, environment sometimes, you know, affects that too, you know, how things are going there. And, and, and when it's a very relaxed environment, it's hard to get the kids to play to a, a level, a certain level. And, you know, and then as coaches, uh, you you try to do things to push them to do that with your intensity, but then, you know, sometimes uh, that's hard for kids to handle and certainly hard for parents to handle. So yeah, there, there's a fine line there that, that is, is continuously on my mind trying to figure out how to how to make it happen. 
Well, and it felt like the team did wake up there a little bit. I mentioned it at the top of the show, kind of led by the performance of Zaquan. This felt like the game, I, I know nine games into the season, but this felt like the game uh, that we expect Zaquan to have where he's dangerous on the offensive side of the ball, uh, comes up with two interceptions on the defensive side of the ball, and then also has a return for a touchdown in the special teams game as well. This kind of feels like the Zaquan that a lot of people thought they were going to see this year. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And and I actually brought him in my office last week, and we had a conversation kind of like that. You know, he had some soft tissue injuries at the beginning of the year, really all, going all the way back to spring that he couldn't help and that, that were just continuously nagging and that sort of thing. And we were trying constantly to get him healthy. Um, but now, you know, that that's passed, it, you know, we talk, it's time for him to be Zaquan. We need him to be a superstar in order for us to do what we're we're aiming to do here. And, and uh, he took it to heart and, and went out and made that happen. Now, not to get too philosophical on you, but you guys are 7-2 and two right now. You just won another region championship, as I mentioned, eight out of the past ten region championships. What does it say about, I think, the mindset of this team, but the program as a whole, that you're 7-2, and two, you just won a region championship, and it feels like there's like zero celebrating going on? Well, I, I, there is zero celebrating. I mean, we, we, you know, we clapped for that for just a moment and kind of have moved on. And and that's that's what we do. You know, we we can celebrate at the end of the year when it's all over. Uh, and hopefully, you know, it's a it's a long time from now. And hopefully, we have a lot to celebrate. But we just that's who we are. And you know, that's where we've we've grown to, and that's what we've become is. We're not satisfied, and we want to continue to push these young men. And it's hard. I can tell you, it's hard. I can tell you, it's it's um, you know, it, it wears on us as coaches to continuously just push and push and push, and it wears on the kids. And I, I, I'll tell you this, you know, there are times when I look and say, hey, you know, we love you. Do you, you know, do you want you want us to to just be okay? Do you want us to pull off and have a good time and be okay? And they're always unanimously, no, coach pushes. We we want this. This is why we came to Benedictine, is we want the, you know to be great. So that's where it's at. Yeah, you're looking for that push, not the grind. I, I heard a college coach say one time that he hates the term grind because it implies like something's not going smoothly and, and the machine's getting torn up. So I guess it's that it's that fine balance between pushing and motivating and grinding them down. Yeah, it is, and 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 we don't want you know at this point you don't want to grind them down. That that's not what we're looking for at all. You know that is at the beginning of the year you're you're, you're wearing them down to build them up and and all of that. Here it it is. It's it's a just a continuous push, a continuous you know level of of I guess intensity to say hey our expectations are here and we're going to accept nothing below that. And and it you know and it, it is hard. It, it wears on everybody, but um. But, again, that's why they came to Benedict. Certainly getting ready for another playoff run here and nine games into what we're hoping is a 15-game schedule for the cadets this year. And, Coach, uh, offensively, it feels like you guys have found what you want to be, and now it's just streamlining it, right? Luke Cromenhawk with the balance between the run and his legs, and it feels like inside that playbook you found the plays that he feels the most comfortable with throwing the football. A great night through the year. Uh, with three touchdown passes, it feels like finally. I know it took a little while to get there, but it's getting streamlined. It definitely is, and and you know, Luke, Coach DePhillips, uh, had to figure out Luke and what he was best at and what he does well, and 
you know, Luke does does some things good on the move. You know, he, he really likes that. I mean, that's the type of player he is. He can move very well. And, and um, you know, so, yeah, it has taken some time, again, trying to develop the offensive line. We were out without Jacoby Ward the other night. Andre Dixon stepped in and, and played for him. And, you know, we're having to try to develop a run game and, and as that goes. And, you know, uh, it's funny you know, what we've found as we're doing this is, you know, sometimes we've been, you know, uh, uh, passing the ball to set up the run is the way it's kind of, kind of, you know, turned out to be. And whatever that is, that's that's what great coaches, great programs do is figure out what that is and then and then use it. And you know, I do think you know it's starting to fall in place. Again, a big forty-nine to three win for your cadets over Islands BC. Now seven and two on the season. Got a short week coming up as one of the games that was rescheduled uh, due to that week where we had the hurricane. Uh, potentially rolling through, so a lot of stuff got shifted around. Move this game against New Hampstead at Pooler Stadium to this Thursday. We'll break it down, talk about what a short week looks like and what we should expect out of the Phoenix next, right here on the Danny Bridge Show. More Benedictine Cadets football, the Danny Bridge Show. Breaking down a big-time 49-3 win there over Islands and now moving forward to the final game of the regular season. It's amazing how quickly it goes, but a short week coming up for the cadets as again, this game rescheduled from earlier in the year where a lot of games got shuffled around due to the threat of a hurricane coming through. So now BC taking on new Hampstead in the final game of the regular season and the Phoenix coming in coach at six and three, but man, you look at that schedule, two really close overtime losses there. And then you lose to Burke County at Burke County on a Wednesday uh, it's been an interesting schedule for New Hampstead, just like most teams in coastal Georgia. But uh, if we're talking about a record not indicating how good a team is, I think this is a prime example. Yes, the uh, the regular season is coming to an end, and now we are preparing to transition into the playoffs. If you're transitioning to a new job, retiring, or just experiencing lifestyle changes, contact Jeff or David at AIMA 912-777-4128. And, uh, and they can talk to you about all your financial needs. Um, yeah, New Hampstead is a very good uh, football team. Uh, Coach Hopman's done a great job. And, yeah, they, they've had three losses, but two very, very close overtime losses to good football teams. And then, of course, lost to Burke County. They had to travel up there on a Wednesday uh, and play up at Burke County. And we know how tough it is to play up there. So a uh, good football team uh, with, you know, a lot of, a lot of uh, potential and, you know, and we're playing over, you know, in Pooler on the Thursday night. So again, we're going to have to find a way to pull ourselves together and play at the level we, we want to, or we're going to lose that game. I know it's a little bit different at the high school level. You don't have quite the uh, signature, I guess is the best way to put it for some coaches where you look and say, man, this is what you expect out of this team coached by this guy. But I, I feel like Kyle Hawkman is one of those guys. He came down uh, from McEachern a few years back and has since turned New Hampstead into a really, really good football team. If you had to say what, what the signature was of those Kyle Hawkman coach teams, what would it be? Yeah, definitely. They, you know, they're going to run, you know, pro-type offense. They're going to run some zone, and quarterback does a good job of of reading some RPOs and, and, and do those sort of things and be able to, you know, have a multi-level uh, passing game. And that's what Kyle's going to do. I think that's his signature. 
um, you know, be able to run, you know, run zone plays, some counters, run some RPOs, and then, you know, be able to hit different levels of the passing game. And, and Paulie Seeley does a great job with that. Those are very good catchable ball and, and reads things well. Uh, so, you know, that that's the signature that you're going to get from New Hampstead. Now it's with Polly Seeley. I don't know if you guys have faced quite a pro style quarterback like him, right? Where you face some guys who could throw the football around, but also offenses that like to feature them in a dual threat. Polly Seeley is a guy where 95% of the time they want him dropping back three step, five step, uh, and passing the football. Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, they want him passing it, although he, he will run on occasions and, and, you know, he's scrappy, can get things done, but they, they want him throwing it, and again, he throws a very catchable ball. I believe he's committed to Wofford uh, to play quarterback for them, and and uh, you know does some things really well there. So yeah, that's that's what they're looking to do. Now, for the people out there listening, going, man, Wofford, I don't know, like he's committed to Wofford. Okay, listen, that's that's quality football there, Wofford. Oh, definitely. I, that people get so confused <laughs> talking about. You know, playing college football, if you there's a very fine line between Division One, Division One Double A is what I used to call it, or or FCS and, and Division Two and Three. I mean, it there's a fine line there, and and um, really good football players. So yeah, don't be fooled by that ever. Now it is a short week playing on Thursday, uh, just because again this was supposed to be a bye week and got rescheduled. What does that do to the team? I know you guys are kind of used to it playing in Savannah a little bit, but how does that change the schedule getting ready for a Thursday game versus a Friday game? Well, last time when we had to do that, with uh, we were playing uh, Burke County on Thursday, and that was a scheduled Thursday game. But we had the Hurricanes that we missed, so I was able to practice on Sunday. was not able to do that this week. Uh, so it kind of changes, just, just compacts it. Um, unfortunately, today's Halloween. I'm trying to... Uh, get the coaches with young kids out of here a little bit earlier and um um and then the uh, my kids out of here before dark so that they can uh avoid you know it's just going to be a lot of people on the street you know trick-or-treating i don't want any accidents so it's going to really compact it into tuesday and wednesday is what i'm trying to say so uh we're going to get a lot done today uh in a very quick fashion which you should be able to do by this point in the season for sure uh, and then um, pour a lot into Tuesday and Wednesday as well. Wednesday, which day before games, usually much you know relaxed and in, in you know shorts and t-shirts, will be a half half shell you know regular practice. And I know you guys have already locked up that region championship, which is significant because it locks you in to the one seed coming out of this region. So really, for this game, I think people might say like. Man, coach, come on! It's Thursday. We got some guys banged up. Maybe we just we go into this taking it easy a little bit. But you have mentioned this before, where it, it's time to start playing playoff football now. You don't want to try to flip on that switch once you get to the playoffs, especially since uh, you guys are facing a really talented region coming out of the Atlanta area this year. This is a a time, I think, at least, where you start to ramp it up. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, first of all, we we rarely do that anyway again we play to a standard we practice to a standard but i can tell you at this point in time and the kids understand this after friday night i can assure you that uh there's no no going back now we are we are going forward and we're going forward full speed and and if they don't want to do that then they can you know go play something else uh but that's not where we're at we're we're, we're headed full speed uh in fact i use the term buckle up because we're, we're headed in that direction and we're going to run run full speed into this, you know, this situation and, and whatever happens, happens. Coach, are you telling me we're burning the ships? 
We are burning the ship. Let's go. We're 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 going we're going we're going full steam ahead, straight ahead, and and whatever happens, happens. I'll get you fired up right there again. Coming up this Thursday night, you'll be able to listen to it right here as BC takes on New Hampstead, looking to improve and finish the regular season at eight and two. Before we find out who that playoff draw is going to be, no matter who it is, though, uh, it's going to be in Savannah uh, for at least the first couple rounds of the playoffs for BC. How important is that for you, coach, not to have to travel, uh, hit the road to parts unknown? That's huge. It really is huge to, to one, the time and effort it takes to travel and, and put into that. It, it, you don't have to do that. And two, being at home, getting the crowd, getting a familiar environment, getting, you know, the student section, getting the, you know, our music, our sort of things is, is really important to us. And so that that's a huge draw. Now, a couple of really big home games coming up this Saturday for teams I know you follow very closely. Coach, I want to start in Statesboro. It didn't feel like in uh, November we'd have significant Sunbelt football for Georgia Southern this year, but, man, South Alabama comes to town, and that's a battle for some positioning for some teams trying to fight uh, to host a Sunbelt championship. Definitely is, it's, and it's always a battle with South Alabama, a good football program, and and uh, you know, and, and Georgia Southern is not in a position right now to you know to sleep on anybody. Uh, you know, Coach Help has done a great job, and they're really it, it is exciting being able to play for something, and 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 you know certainly want to get to a bowl game and, and that sort of thing. So uh, excited for them, and and I know that Coach Helton and his his staff will have them ready. Now on the flip side. Uh, up in Athens, they got a pretty big one coming up. You, when number one plays number two, I guess I guess that's pretty big. But uh, if Kirby Smart called you right now for your defensive expertise about how to slow down that Josh Heupel offense, what's the first thing you're telling him? I have no idea, man. I'm telling you, I, we, we were, I was talking with a buddy about this just yesterday, just, just how unbelievable they are. And, um, you know, you you, you got to get – if you can get to Hooker – um, uh, and, and make a play, you know, and, and continuously get to him. That that would be the only thing. But he's so athletic and so big and strong. Uh, but they do some tremendous things. So uh, good luck with that. And I mean, man, that's going to be a heck of a game to watch. And uh, I, I mean, I still think the dogs are going to pull it out. Certainly, being at home uh, helps. I like the I like the honest answer. It's like, man, listen, if Pete Golding gets paid millions of dollars and he's still giving up fifty two to him, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> exactly, man. I don't know. I take. I like to take the paycheck and give it a shot. But uh, but uh, I tell you what, it's uh, they're getting lots of film and putting tons of hours into that, and I'm just watching it, you know, from a from a, a couch perspective. And so I have. I really don't know, but I know that quarterback's really good. That's going to be a fun one. A lot of big games coming up this weekend. It starts on Thursday night there in Pooler Stadium as your cadets try to wrap up the regular season with a win. Coach, we'll see you out there on Thursday night. All right, brother. Thank you. More Benedictine Cadets football. The Danny Britt Show. Welcome back into the Danny Britt Show. Christian Gokel, glad to have you hanging out with us here. And we're joined now by a member of your cadets that has played a significant role on the defense, one of the starting defensive ends for your team, and a guy who's seen his role uh, increased more and more over the past couple of seasons, now entering uh, the playoff stretch here of his senior year. Elijah Alexander joins us here on the show. Elijah, I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know uh, it's been a really busy kind of grind here towards the end of the season. What have the last few weeks been like for you guys uh, as you've caught your stride here a little bit? 
Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so these past few weeks, you know, we've just been coming out to practice, pushing each other to uh, get better every day. You know, uh, Coach Britt, he, want, he wants what's best for us. So uh, if we want to have a long season going into these playoffs, uh, we got to work harder every day in practice, and it starts there. Yeah, there have been uh, a lot of really great defensive end duos throughout the years at all levels of football, but it feels like you guys – have kind of found your own there. I know Cole Simeon, uh, for a large part, will kind of play that strong side defensive end, but every now and then he'll kick inside uh, and you get to pass rush with third Scroggins on the other side. What's that relationship like between you two guys? Yeah, uh, me and third on, on the outside ends, man, uh, it, we, we we cause havoc for the opposing offensive line. You know, uh, they it, me and him out there on each side, they don't, they don't know which side is strongest, you know. So it just it just throws them off, and me and third, you know, we like to get after it. And you guys taking on a quarterback this week, and Paulie Seeley, who's more of a pocket passer, a guy who who wants to stay uh, right behind that offensive line and just deliver passes downfield. How does that change your game plan a little bit this week after you guys have played a lot of dual threat guys? Yeah, we just uh, coming into this week in practice, uh, just work on some some pass rush moves. Uh, get the D-line going, get after this quarterback. What did it mean to uh, clinch the region championship this past week? You know, uh, clinching the region championship is, 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 is amazing for us, you know, but like Coach Britt always says, that's that's never really the goal. You know, uh, region champs, that's, that's fun and all, but we, we, we want to be, be great. We want to get up to that state championship level when that. And you get ready for another playoff run here after the final regular season game. But uh, when it comes to after high school for you, what are your plans? Yeah, um, I just uh, going to play college football. I'm undecided uh, right now, but got a got a few places interested. So just keeping my options open. Again, Elijah Alexander here joining us on the show, defensive end uh, for your cadets. You can see him out there this Thursday at Pooler Stadium. How important is it here before we let you go? Uh, that you did clinch that region championship, and now you know at least for the first few rounds of the playoffs you'll be at home. Uh, yeah, being at home, you know, the the support base we have, uh, our student section, uh, we we love them, man. We we love having everybody out there to support us, and it really plays a factor in the game too because all that support uh, gets the team going. Elijah Alexander, kind enough to take some time with us. You can see him and the rest of that excellent Cadets defense this Thursday against New Hampshire there at Pooler Stadium. If you can't make it out to the game, of course, you can always listen to it on Sports Talk Savannah 104.3. Elijah, I appreciate you taking the time, and we'll see you out there on Thursday. No problem. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Danny Britt Show on 93.7 Hilton Head and Savannah AM 1400 and FM 104.3 WSEG. Tune in next week for more Benedictine Cadets football talk.